This week's episode is made possible by our friends at Independent Bank. You can learn more about them at i-bankonline.com. Good morning, Memphis. You're listening to Meanwhile in Memphis on WYXR Radio 91.7 FM. Meanwhile in Memphis is a program dedicated to conversations that celebrate the organizations, initiatives, and people that are shaping Memphis for the better. Meanwhile in Memphis is brought to you by New Memphis, a nonprofit organization whose mission is to develop, activate, and retain the city's most important resource, its people. Your hosts today are Rebecca Daly and myself, Anna Thompson. Before we dig into today's conversation, we have one quick event update. Join us next Tuesday on November 28th at Celebrate What's Right at the Memphis Botanic Gardens. This event will feature a panel conversation exploring the ideas of community and safety. Memphis has long been recognized as one of the most hospitable cities in the country, yet it's also cited as one of the most dangerous. Can two things be true at once? This event will feature a panel discussion exploring just that, moderated by Mayor-elect Paul Young, followed by refreshments and continued conversation. Thank you to our generous sponsors, First Horizon Foundation and Blue Cross Blue Shield of Tennessee for powering this event. To get your free ticket, visit newmemphis.org events. It is officially Thanksgiving week, and we are taking our cues from the dishes around your table, literally. Did you know that a great deal of food on every table across the nation likely makes a stop right here in the 901? In 2022 alone, 29 billion pounds of food materials moved through the Memphis metropolitan area. On the flip side of that exciting news, Memphis is also known to have more than a handful of food deserts. How can we be both a main hub for the food and beverage industry and also have so many community members without access to daily meals? We've brought in Kathy Pope and Gwen Fisher to learn more. Kathy Pope is the president and CEO of the Mid-South Food Bank, which aims to eliminate hunger in the Mid-South and does so by delivering millions of pounds of nutritious, wholesome food every month to hungry children, families, and seniors. The need is even greater after the long-lasting effects of COVID-19. Kathy currently holds numerous positions on volunteer boards and is a member of Feeding America's Policy Engagement and Advocacy Committee, where she works to address domestic hunger and related issues to policymakers. Kathy also serves as Bancorp South's Corporate Community Advisory Council. She's a member of both the Safety Net Collaborative and the Food Insecurity and Food Accessibility Collaborative in Memphis, Tennessee. Gwen Fisher is the Chief Economic Development Officer for the Greater Memphis Chamber, which is the primary economic development organization for the Greater Memphis region. A native Memphian with more than a decade of experience, Gwen brings high-quality jobs and investments to West Tennessee. She has played a key role in securing some of the region's largest development wins, including Ford's $5.6 billion investment in Blue Oval City a 6,000-job electric vehicle and battery plant near Memphis. Please join us in welcoming Gwen and Kathy to the studio this Thanksgiving week. Good morning, Kathy and Gwen. How are you this morning? Good morning. Fantastic. How are you? Good morning. Thrilled to be here. Good, good, good. Well, Gwen, we are eager to get to know a little bit about you and your area of work. Would you give us a you know, kind of the 101 of the work that you're involved in. Fantastic. Yes. So my name is Gwen Fisher, and I serve as the Chief Economic Development Officer for the Greater Memphis Chamber. Uh, I'm a recovering attorney, and when I could introduce myself as an attorney, everyone says, oh, I know what you do. And when I say Chief Economic Development Officer, people kind of tilt their head and look at you a little funny. 
What that means is that my team and I get up every day and think about how can we grow the entire economy for everyone. That's everything from neighborhood level activation to helping existing businesses grow to recruiting new businesses to our area. We want to relentlessly pursue prosperity for all so that we can drive inclusive economic growth to every corner of our community. And I got to tell you, it's the coolest job ever. It sounds like it. It really does. But I think, Kathy, you might have a a rival position there. I'm telling you what. (laughs) Kathy, would you give us um, a quick synopsis of uh, your work with the Mid-South Food Bank? Yeah, I'd love to. So I'm Kathy Pope, President and CEO of a Mid-South Food Bank. Um, I'm actually coming from Mobile, Alabama four years ago where I was President and CEO of Feeding the Gulf Coast, that food bank. Prior to that, I was Meals on Wheels. So very passionate about food insecurity. Um, shocked that we're still talking about it after 50 years of, of, of really hard work on it. Um, but so what our food bank does, and there are 200 in the country that work through Feeding America. Um, we're affiliated with Feeding America, so we all kind of hang together in the country. So every county in our country has a food bank that provides food for them through partner agencies. So um, we serve 31 counties in the Mid-South. So as food banks go, we're rather large with the territory that we serve. We have 12 in West Tennessee, Crittenden, Arkansas, and 18 in North Mississippi. Our main warehouse is in Mississippi. Uh, I mean, is in Memphis. Um, we have another warehouse in Mississippi. But So our job is to get as much nutritious food in the door from wherever we're getting that food, and we get it from lots of different resources. And then our partner agencies have access to that inventory through our inventory system, and then they order what they need. We have some agencies that are serving 50 families a month, and some are serving 800 families a month, so they know the quantity of food that they need. Um, So that's kind of how, basically how we get food out to the community. So if you're hungry in any of our counties, you're going to one of our partner agencies on the day that they're distributing food. During the pandemic, however, the numbers went up so high, so quickly, uh, our partner agencies couldn't handle it. So our workhorse was really mobile pantries. So that's where we just load the food, Um, truck up with food, go to a particular neighborhood, community center, wherever we know there is a need. People don't have access to food. Um, And we're really working a lot of mobile distribution still. Thank you. You mentioned food insecurity. Can you help us understand how that's defined? Yeah, USDA, Department of Ag, um, defines it as um, if you are food insecure, you're living in a food insecure household, that everyone in that household does not have access to nutritious food to live a healthy, um, vibrant life. They Some don't know where their next meal is going coming from. Some are cutting their meals so their children can eat um, or they're missing meals altogether. Interesting, interesting. Um, I want to go ahead and kind of set the stage and dive in a little bit, Gwen. Um, We want to jump right into the Chamber's recent findings that showed that Memphis is a top logistics hub for food and beverage, which might not be huge news because we are kind of known for logistics. I feel like a lot of Memphians kind of wear that as a badge of honor, as we rightly should. But I was interested to learn how that impacts the food and beverage sector specifically. Can you share a little bit more about the findings on that? Sure. So we recently issued uh, an industry report looking in depth 
at our food and beverage industry. That's everything from manufacturing of foods, which is huge here, that has grown uh, 67% over the last 10 years. And, and to your point, why are we still looking at food insecurity when we've grown our manufacturing by 67%? There's got to be a great solution in there. But we also looked at food service in our area and how has it done? How did it recover from the pandemic? Our food service industry has grown by 50% just since 2020. Wow. It's amazing. So looking at these industry deep dives, really understanding where the workforce is, where the businesses are, where they're growing, so much of that is driven by our area's supply chain and logistics prowess. I say America's dinner table is either made or moved through Memphis. That's impactful, (laughs) especially this week when uh, I feel like food is on everybody's mind, but it is, as Kathy would argue, every single day. Yes. Yes. Um, You shared a little bit, Gwen, about what G-Merge does and about the goal kind of to enlarge Mm -hmm. the pie for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you share anything else that was particularly exciting about the 2023 food and beverage industry report? I saw that um, food and beverage manufacturing contributed to $2.6 billion to the Mid-South economy in 2022. And the industry is expected to grow another 11% within five years. Absolutely. So taken as a whole, food and beverage production and service contributes nearly $5 billion to our gross regional product. And our growth over the next five years is expected to be significantly higher than the national average. So what does that mean for our community? That means we're going to be adding more jobs in food and beverage than other cities our size, and we're adding them at a faster rate. When you add jobs, that's how you grow the economy. That's how you grow the pie for everyone, which is really what we're about. And we started Gmerge about two years ago to really provide that data to drive our work growing the economy. When I talk to businesses around the world, I I ask them, I say, you know, you guys know everything about your product. You know everything about your market. You know everything about your customer. You even know everything about your competition. Well, we are out selling Memphis to the world and we needed to know our product. So we stood up the Greater Memphis Economic Research Group to provide us with that data that helps us understand not only who we are, but really where we're going so that as we add these jobs, we make sure that entities like the food bank know this growth is coming so they can prepare and better partner with these businesses. We talk to our education institutions so they can make sure they're providing the right training programs because it doesn't help if I create a job, but someone isn't qualified to fill it. So it's really a holistic approach to using the data generated by Gmerge. Gwen, you mentioned that part of, you know, that chain there is understanding, you know, how food gets to tables. And and Kathy, that is a lot of what your organization does at its core. How does food get to the food bank and how does that then get to a table? Um, So we get food from a lot of different resources. I've mentioned USDA, the Department of Ag, sends us um, product because we're a partner with them, as all food, most food banks are in the country. And so 
part of it, about 20% is coming from there. We um, have donors that will donate either on a national level because of the Feeding America relationship, or we have local donors right here in the Mid-South. People do food drives for us, obviously. Um, Since the pandemic, we have um, continued to double our distribution. We are still at twice what we were doing in 2019, um, and we're still seeing long, long lines, and our agencies are still like, ooh, we need we need more food. Um, so we've had to purchase a lot of food. And, you know, and that's tough because we can purchase it cheaper than you can get it at the grocery store because we're buying in bulk. Um, but the prices have gone up and transportation has gone up. So we are constantly looking at where can we get food. And when we're talking about um, food rescue, we, we have um, a little bit of an organized effort, I think, here in Memphis uh, with some organizations that do that. But we um, are on the road every day picking up from what grocery stores are discarding because it's close to um, if um, best by date, right, best if used by date, um, or um, it's discontinued or whatever the reason, you know, 20 years ago, we threw it in the dump, um, the city and county dump, and now the food banks all over the country, and us included, rescue that food. And then that's what our volunteers, Gwen mentioned she had volunteered at the food bank. Thank you, Gwen. Um, <laughs> and that's what our, a lot of what our volunteers do. We check that food for safety if, if it has to meet the guidelines for safe food. And if we wouldn't serve our families that food, we don't put it in inventory. But we do rescue a lot of food. So um, just with all of those different resources, uh, we're able to get in um, about right now we're hovering at about 30 million, 33 million pounds a year. Dang. Wow. I also love that it's called rescuing the food. It makes it sound like an expedition to like rescue the food. I love it. <laughs> yeah. And and when you think about how much, if you think about all the food banks that are working in the country, I mean, we're rescuing billions and billions of pounds of food. And when you go through the rest, uh, the warehouse or you volunteer and you're one of the ones going through the food, you're like, we save most of the stuff that we get, but our donors are like Walmart, Costco, Kroger, huge donor. Their Zero Hunger, Zero Waste initiative is fantastic um, for our community. Um, but you really see that most of what comes in the door, we're able to save. I mean, the, the stores are really good about not giving us strawberries that are, you know, I can't do anything with them, right? right? So they're very respectful of us, and we're very respectful of them. So um, so I do think that we do a good job with that. I am so happy to meet Gwen and understand a little bit more about how our community plays such a part in the food industry in the country. Because although we have fantastic partners here, I bet you there's a ton that we don't know about. So, so that's a great, <laughs> great question. You know, one of the things we discovered is that we have more than 100 food and beverage manufacturers here. Mm-hmm. And while I know that you guys really appreciate the food rescue programs, I think that we could build some great partnerships with the manufacturers as well. We have uh, one of the, la- we have the nation's largest rice processing facility here. Rice is an incredibly shelf-stable food. Yes. Can we build some partnerships there? Mm-hmm. And that's where uh, that's where the fun work really is, yeah. is, is in finding solutions. And we've got 100 manufacturers there that I know would love to be engaged with the food bank. Yeah, and we, we do have partnerships with rice, um, rice companies. And we even have a repack room. So if we get a 50-pound bag of rice, uh, 
we can um, go through in our repack room. It's a clean room, and um, and our volu- that's another project for volunteers. Um, they'll pack it in one and two pound bags and label it correctly, and then that way we can give that to our families. We can't give a family fifty pounds of rice. So <laughs> yes, you could. It wouldn't exactly be very economical it's not in very, that way. Yeah. Not very helpful. Not but, very helpful. Yeah. Um, I'm curious too about the why a little bit behind both. Um, of each of your organizations, but also about the need for both of your organizations. So with Gwen, I'm curious about like, why is the food and beverage industry here in Memphis trending so much better than our peer cities? And then Kathy, why is there such a need in Memphis also? So Gwen, you can go first. I was just curious what factors you've seen that are playing a role in that. So a couple of things uh, in our food and beverage manufacturing, a big part of it is, you're going to hear me talk about this a lot, our secret superpower, and that is our diversity. Companies know that the more diverse their team, the better performing it is. And when you have the nation's highest concentrations of minority talent in advanced manufacturing and high concentrations of women in advanced manufacturing, you're going to get a better product. So that's driven a lot of the manufacturing here. It's also the quality of our water. Mm-hmm. It makes a difference when you are making food to have high quality water as one of the ingredients. And then we continue to move so much of the world's dinner table to and through our city, whether that's in the form of bulk commodities moving through the river uh, or packaged sandwiches that are going to eventually end up in Starbucks. It generally comes through Memphis because no other city on the planet has our logistics prowess. So I think when you combine our diversity superpower, our logistics and our amazing natural assets, You see that 50% growth over 10 years. We're going to outpace the national average. That's really what we're aiming for. And that's why we do these industry deep dives is to understand where the growth is going to be. Most people don't know what a food and beverage powerhouse we are. They don't know that many of the products in your pantry are made within 100 miles of here. And that's everything from rice to potato chips to the beer to you name it. It's made here. Our biggest and fastest growing industry, confectionery. So like candy or like dessert? Sweets. Okay. Sweets. So we are the largest confectionery manufacturing market of our size. And a lot of that is with companies like Dinstall's that have been around since 1902. They're our oldest one, but also companies like Philip Ashley Chocolates that are quickly becoming a global brand. Absolutely. So when you learn these things, these companies do better when they're grouped together. Now we know we can go out and recruit other manufacturers. Because they'll want to come and be near like companies. Oh, yeah. So the data is very powerful. It really drives everything we do at the Greater Memphis Chamber. You mentioned our our diversity superpower. Mm -hmm. Can you help us understand how Memphis is uh, shining in that area compared to other similar-sized cities Mm -hmm. and markets? So several years ago, we partnered with the Brookings Institute as we began this data deep dive. And one of the first things we discovered about our population is that Memphis has the highest concentration of black tech talent of any city over a million people. And we backed up and we said, well, first we only compared ourselves to 10 cities. We said, what? I mean, we thought that was Atlanta or maybe Detroit. No, it was Memphis. So we backed it up and looked at every city in America, over a million people, and we still have a higher concentration. One in four computer occupations here is held by a, a minority. Uh, the national One average in is four. Yeah, wow. The national average is maybe eight. 
one, what, 8% yeah. of positions. And we thought, well, that's why it's growing so fast. Because our tech economy, we were recently ranked as one of the fastest growing tech economies in the country. It's it's that superpower. It's the diversity. So then we did, well, so how are we doing on manufacturing? Sure enough, nation's highest concentration of diverse manufacturing talent. We thought, okay, let's let's look behind the, the office door. Who's at the boardroom? We have some of the highest concentrations of females in the boardroom. That diversity is an incredible superpower that the world doesn't know about. And I I get to go shout it from the rooftops. So not it's been even, really exciting. Yeah, not even just the world. I feel like Memphians don't even know understand our own superpowers sometimes. I, I think so. Uh, you know, we recently became the nation's largest majority minority city. We are so proud of that and so excited. And we think that's going to be the key to our future economic growth is our ability to uh, get folks into these high quality jobs. I'm bringing them in. Another part of our team is working on the skilling, upskilling, education and workforce training, getting folks into these jobs. The economy will take care of itself. We just bring the jobs in. I love it. So back to you, Kathy, about the why, about the food insecurity and the great need here in the Mid-South and in the Memphis community. Can you share more about that? Yeah, Gwen is so positive. I want to stay positive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> One positive thing is when Gwen and her team and others in our community are creating those jobs, are getting that training for people, um, that helps the food line because the people who are in our food line who need food, that's part of their problem. They're either unemployed or underemployed. They're not making enough money to put food on the table for everyone. And people who are, we have a very high poverty rate here. You all know that. Over 44% of our children live in poverty. Um, we are number, talking about it for cities of a million people, we're number three for senior hunger. And that's not a statistic we love. Yeah. Um, but we do have very vulnerable populations here that need special care. And that's our children and our seniors. And the food bank is focusing on that. Um, but but that's really why people are in the food line that you know that that poverty and hunger go hand in hand. Um, people are living in poverty for, you know, different reasons. But a lot of the root causes of hunger, of course, is poverty. Um, they were they grew up in food insecure households, and it's hard to break that. Um, they did not get financial education early on, so they're not managing their budget as well as they could. Um, and we all know education and training are, are super important to be able to provide for your family. Um, so when all of those things are working great, that really helps the food bank. We're hoping that we're out of a job at some <laughs> point, right? Um, but unfortunately, our food insecurity rates have gone up uh, um, compared to last year and then um, when you compare it to years ago we were on a really good trend about 16 17 uh, of better food insecurity rates lower numbers and mm -hmm. then pandemic hit and it kind of went crazy so um, we're still seeing high numbers but we are um, as I mentioned before prior to the pandemic our food bank was serving 16.7 million pounds of food a year um, and the need was high. We weren't meeting the need. Um, then the pandemic hit and we went to 55 million pounds in one year during the pandemic. And then now we're hovering at about 30 million pounds per year. Um, again, 
not enough, but as you can imagine, it's really difficult to find food in the quantities that we needed, you know, truckloads and truckloads. Um, And our staff works really, really hard to find that food. For anyone who is in need of your services, how can they get in contact with you to make sure they're getting food on their table? Yeah, we work really hard to make that easy on our website. So there's a couple of things you can do. We're at midsouthfoodbank.org. Um, There's phone numbers you can call. If you have access to the internet, you can click um, mobile pantry. We have a list of all the mobile pantries we're doing in our whole service area for the next seven days. Um, So if you... um, If you need food, you can go to one of those mobile pantries. Um, Now, if you're in Tennessee, you need to be in a Tennessee um, mobile pantry or an an agency. Mississippi, there are agencies in Mississippi, but you can see the differentiation on the website. Um, And then also you can click find food, put in your zip code, and it will populate uh, brick and mortar agencies close to your neighborhood. That's fantastic. Has that been around? Was that around before the pandemic or is that a newer feature for you? It is around. Um, It has been around. But as we had talked earlier, uh, Gwen and I both um, can attest to this, I'm sure. We've said these things a thousand times, right? I, I feel like how is it as much as I like I was on TV this morning and TV last night and I'm in this interview and we're constantly talking about the work we do we want to make sure that people that need to be served know how to get food and then we want to make sure that our donors know the great work we're doing because we need continued support yes so we talk about it and we talk about it and people still don't know what the food bank (laughs) does people still don't know how to access food so you have to say it a thousand times and then say it some more. So this is a great opportunity, I think, for both Gwen and I. Um, And this is exactly, in my opinion, what makes our community so great. People want to be involved. They want to help. Um, I think we're like maybe even number one in the generous cities where, you know, people really want to know, okay, now wait, you're telling me Children are going to bed hungry. Children don't have food on the weekend. You know, what's going on? How can I help? And then, too, because we are such a hub here of warehousing and manufacturing, um, we just have some great um, community partners here with our corporations. Um, So as we get new manufacturers in... Gwen can introduce me. Um, <laughs> I am happy to. I've already started the process. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So we we, do, we really do well here in that aspect of, of trying to serve those in need. And I'll, I'll take that up because we will all gladly say this a thousand times over. Yeah. Whether it is how to access food or the importance of job creation and workforce development to growing our entire economy in a way that is inclusive and reaches all corners. We'll say it a thousand times. And what I think you're also hearing is it's a team sport. (laughs) It is, we are an amazing multi-county, three-state region uh, with a lot of needs, but a lot of partners at the table. And I spend a lot of time traveling around the country, recruiting businesses to Memphis and studying how other communities work to grow their economies. We are incredibly unique in that space in how well we work together and how often we find these moments of opportunity to connect the food bank to a food manufacturer through the work that we do. And that's what makes it so great to live here. 
kind of taking that one step further past this lovely connection that I'm, I wish everybody got the visual <laughs> to see how 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 Gwen and Kathy are, you know, loving this and their their passion just coming through on the airwaves. Um, what does all of this kind of mean for Memphians that are listening in as they're grocery shopping, whether it be this week or year round um, to kind of how can they be encouraged to be a part of the solution, but also be a proud be a proud Memphian about the things that we're already doing such a great job at. And and what can we be thankful for in that respect? Yeah. Um, well, coincidentally, we recently kicked off a, a holiday food drive, and that really highlights, we know, we know hunger is 365 days a year, but we really highlight it during the holidays because we so much want our families to have those dinners that we have. We want them to have access to it. And we really have made it super easy this year to give because um, on our website, you can give, um, you can always donate. It's, it's really great to donate money because um, this is the first year that the food bank has done such a great job of of distributing food watching our expenses prior to this year we were one dollar is equal to three meals and now one dollar is equal to four meals so we're really stretching yeah we're stretching everybody's dollar Um, so really donating money is just the best way to serve your community through the holidays Um, but we we've got some different things around um, that people can do food drives and that type of thing so we're real this is our big time obviously this is when donors want to give and people want to do food drives Um, and and the need is really high we we don't have enough coming in the door to serve all of those in need in the Mid-South, particularly in Memphis and Shelby County, because that's where, obviously, the majority of the people live, and that's where the hunger rates are higher. We actually have higher hunger rates here in the Mid-South than than a large part of the rest of the country. Um, I think the South really struggles a little bit. Um, but again, with partners that we have, with um, with donors, with corporations, with volunteers, um, I would r- really say that it's a very uh, cooperative, collaborative, uh, giving community that that we're really proud to be part of. I love that it's gone up one whole like meal for every dollar. That's a big accomplishment. It's a big accomplishment. I, I'm not a math person. I'm not the data person, Gwen. But if you know any, like, neither. Am I. Yeah, we're yeah. super excited about that. So feeding America again is the biggest. Um, it is the largest hunger relief agency in the country, and all 200 food banks work through them. And as part of our agreement with them, um, you know, we agree to do X and they agree to do Y, and they are great supporters of the food banks, making sure that food comes our way and money comes our way. Um, But we have to redo this pretty complex math problem, which I'm a math person, so I loved it. Um, But you just plug in all this information about food you've served, your expenses, blah, blah, blah. And it tells you what your um, calculation is. It's called called a meal calculation. So we're super excited because that tells me we're doing a great job of keeping our expenses down. We're really transparent with our funding. um, And we're doing a really good job of watching our money. That's a big win. I know. We're excited. Just like all the other wins that came out of the <laughs> 2023 Food and Beverage Report from Gmerge. It is. And, and Kathy, thank you for my new fact of the day. I am so excited. <laughs> that one, $1 gets you four meals now. Anytime we can make a larger impact with our time, talent, or treasure, 
That's amazing. It's yep. a testament to the hard work of you and your team. Thank you. And it really does give us so much to be thankful for at, at this time of the year. And you had asked, what what is there to be thankful about? We We really have so much. Memphis is a city on the move. We are growing. The data backs this up. We have amazing workforce opportunities and job opportunities throughout our city. We actually have incredibly low unemployment. So what that means is one of our biggest challenges is upskilling those who are uh, not in the workforce, but we have jobs for them. We just need to upskill them. So there's a lot of great work underway to close that skills gap that we have. And we're very thankful for that work. And I, I have to say, I'm thankful every day to be able to get up and tell the story of a city I love and tell it around the world, share information that nobody knows. And we are doing so many great things. And it's just so fun to talk about it this time of year. I love also talking about the dollars and cents because also um, as a nonprofit, New Memphis, our CEO always jokes that there is no day. Sh- no donation too small, but also no donation too large. <laughs> so I'm sure Kathy would echo that sentiment. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and Gwen, you mentioned time, talent, and treasure. Mm-hmm. For folks who maybe aren't able to open up their wallets, how can they give their time to support the Mid-South Food Bank? Well, there's lots of ways. As I, as I said, we do use a lot of volunteers because we do check for food safety and all of the food that we've rescued, but we're also putting together specialty boxes. So we're putting together special boxes for children, special boxes for seniors. We actually did, um, following Gwen's deep dive discussion, we did a deep dive in senior hunger because, like I said, we're number three in the country. Um, we have a lot of seniors that are, are living below the poverty line. They're really struggling. Struggling, and we wanted to give them the food that they need, not just what we were able to pull together, which is, you know, kind of what we would do on a mobile distribution, right? We, we, you may not be able to make an entire meal out of what we're giving you, but, but we're, we're not every meal of the day. We're that supplement, right? So, but for seniors, I mean, do they need a butternut squash? Can they cut it? You know, do they need a pomegranate? So we had these great focus groups with some um, of the, the low-income high-rise here in, in Memphis and, and really learned what they wanted. Like, what do they need? What can they use? How do they cook? Can they cook? So that was really fun. So we put together some really fantastic boxes. But we need volunteers to put those together. And then we also have volunteers just pull together boxes that go, they're just normal food boxes. There's nothing special, but it is going to be enough to feed a family. And those will go on our mobile distributions. So we have lots of volunteers. So it's easy again to volunteer. You go to midsouthfoodbank.org and click volunteer. It is a great team building exercise for your company, for your employees, for your family. Um, We have lots of college and high school students that come. Um, And then there's just lots of other volunteer opportunities um, to help. And then always a food drive is fantastic. So that's great. And Gwen, how can we arm ourselves with more of this great information that you're putting together about our community? So I would say visit our website, memphismoves.com, and follow us on our social media channels and platforms. Listen to this podcast, share it with your friends, but memphismoves.com. And I would really say there is a way for each of you to play a role in this job growth, in growing our economy. And that is to always remember that we are all ambassadors for Memphis all the time. 
Whether you're in the grocery store line, sitting at a restaurant or at a cocktail party, we are all ambassadors for Memphis. I tell people when companies are considering coming to the city, they'll often come for a top secret visit. And I can't (laughs) tell you who they are or when they're here, but they are in our restaurants. They want to see our schools. They visit our churches, our grocery stores. They tour our neighborhoods. They talk to our business leaders and residents. They really want to learn about our city before they invest half a billion dollars. (laughs) This is not (laughs) shocking. (laughs) We are always ambassadors for our city. So never miss an opportunity to share all the good news that you're hearing. Visit memphismoves.com to continue to grow that repertoire of good news because it really is a team effort. Well said. What is the hope um, for each of these reports and the deep dives for each sector? What is the hope that these that this data can be used for? The immediate benefit is exactly what we're doing here, just getting the data out. But the other part of it is very similar to what you were talking about with the focus groups. If I have 116 food and beverage manufacturers, what do we need to do to make that 126? What do I need more skilled workers? Do I need more available sites? Do I need more water, electricity, better roads? So we use this data to work with our existing businesses to help them grow. We use it to go out and recruit new businesses to the area. And we use it to drive our workforce and educational programming. That's why this data is so important. It's not just all the bumper stickers and the social media posts. (laughs) It really drives our work in much the same way as data drives the food bank's work. Mm -hmm. Kathy, um, how can you foresee this data from the chamber assisting the food bank and possibly getting either additional resources or partners or anything in that nature? Yeah, um, I think meeting with Gwen after this after this podcast <laughs> will be very very helpful. Um, but I I really what I find about our companies that are here, um, our corporations, and we're very blessed because we have great uh, great corporations here, and they are movers and shakers at the food bank. Like they're on the board, they're members of the board. They they volunteer. They donate every year and anytime we need anything I know who I can call and they're there um, but who do I not know who who is a company that they want to be ingrained in our community I mean like you said they're coming here to build um, their company but they want their employees happy here they want their employees involved in helping with the solution to problems in our community and hunger is a problem in our community so um, that's what I'm excited about is Yes, we're getting a lot of growth. It's in the food and beverage industry. How perfect for it's a mm-hmm. it's just a perfect fit for the food bank. Um, but really, to have that avenue to be able to tell the the leaders of these new companies that are here and companies that we don't even know about um, how they can be part of the solution in their community and and that's exactly what they want to do. It really is. You know, one of the first questions these companies ask once they arrive in Memphis is. What organizations do we need to be plugging into? Our employees want to engage directly in the community. So when we can immediately say, food bank, hundreds of opportunities all year long, any skill level, and they can pick that up and run with it. It's those synergies that will get the work done. Absolutely. I love it. Um, Is there anything that we didn't cover? You know, that's a great question because 
initially, food and beverage, I was like, well, that's not very sexy. It's food and beverage. <laughs> but it kind of is. We are feeding America yep. from here. And, um, and that's incredibly important work. And I'm proud of Memphis for the growth we've had in this space. I am proud of the Greater Memphis Chamber team for everything they do to grow our economy. I, I get the privilege and joy of spending time with you all today, this holiday week. But it really is a team effort. And, and to thank the team at the Memphis Chamber for everything they do and remind folks that, that we too are a nonprofit. We are driven solely by investments, uh, by area businesses. We don't take any public funding either. And it really is the business community that drives our work because businesses know that they do better when they can work together. So we're just really grateful for the opportunity, grateful to talk about our, our I think it's sexy, but food and <laughs> beverage industries here. And I think we've identified some great opportunities for, for growth for our community. Yeah, um, I would say y'all did a great job of covering pretty much everything, but I did want to just reiterate two things that are really important for us. We want to ensure that people know how to access food if they need food. And the best way to do that is midsouthfoodbank.org. And then also, if you are not in need of food, but you really, especially during um, the holiday season, you really want to make an impact, the best way is to donate to the food bank because we reach so many people in all of the Mid-South. And again, we make it easy at midsouthfoodbank.org. So we have kind of a fun little end of show thing. We like to call it a lightning round. Okay. So this is just your first answer, the first thing you think about. Um, so the first question is, what is your favorite Thanksgiving dish? What is the thing you cannot live without on this on this meal? Mashed potatoes. Dressing. What is your go-to weeknight meal? Wine and cheese. I love it. That's a girl dinner. Ooh, it is such a girl it. dinner. It's such, I such love a girl that. dinner. Wine and uh, cheese. Go-to. Oh, I'm going to have to say uh, a blackened salmon Caesar salad. Ooh. Look at her being all healthy. I love okay. that. I'm over here like a bowl of cereal. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever gets it done quickest. But like, I love that. That sounds delicious. Mm -hmm. What is the best way to give back in Memphis? You have time, talent, or treasure. Take your pick because we need them all. Agreed. After Thanksgiving dinner, do you prefer sports or shopping? Or neither. Neither. Or volunteering. Yeah, or volunteering. What, what is the option? It's a great volunteering day for our family. Uh, so we try to do something like that or something outdoors. Yeah, I was going to say... Uh, Love Shelby Farms so much. <laughs> That's just my go-to. But um, we have great outdoor space out here um, in, in Memphis, in the Memphis area. So I love walking across the bridge to Arkansas. That's one of it. our favorite things. Um, yeah, not that into shopping or, or, or sports, but yeah, just being together as a family. Awesome. Well, thank you both for taking time out of this very hectic, busy, grateful, wonderful week um, to join us and share a little bit more about the work that y'all are doing and how they intersect and how Memphians can both be proud and energized about the work to be done. Thank you so much and happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Yeah, thank yeah. you. In the spirit of Thanksgiving, we want to take a moment to say how grateful we are to each and every one of you. The work of New Memphis would not be possible without community support and connection. If you enjoy the conversations you hear each week on this radio show and podcast, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And also visit our website, newmemphis.org, to learn more about our mission to develop, activate, and retain talent in Memphis through meaningful connections like these. And with that, 
Happy Thanksgiving! Independent Bank is celebrating 25 years of sharing your stories, building your dreams, and serving you heroically. Find out how iBank can help you achieve your financial dreams at i-bankonline.com. Member FDIC.